It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to 21 for 21, the sports media podcast that brings you all you need to know about sport and media in the 21st century. I'm Stuart in Dusseldorf, joined as always by Jamie in Barcelona. And this week we were really lucky to follow up on one of our earlier topics, Jamie. Yeah, that's right. After talking on episode two about the rise of women's football and the deal that UEFA signed with YouTube and DAZN to stream the Women's Champions League, uh, we spoke to Ariana Crescione, who, let's be honest, she knows football inside and out, Stuart. Yeah, I mean, she's been a player. She's been an international player for, for Italy. And now she's got a really, really cool job as the director of women's football at Next Sports. So she was it's really interesting talking to her, well, about her whole whole life in, in football, really. Yeah, and we, we recorded it actually just the day after the UEFA Women's Champions League quarterfinal between Barcelona and Real Madrid, which has played at the Camp Nou in front of a crowd. The first time women had played at the Camp Nou in front of fans. And it was a record attendance in women's sport. 91,553 fans in attendance at a packed out Camp Nou. Uh, I was I was kind of there. I was in the, the TV studio um, and the atmosphere was just absolutely incredible to see Stuart. So it was really great to follow up with Ariadna um, on, on what it is that's causing this kind of disruption of women's football in the world of sport media. Stay tuned as we speak with Ariana, who was at the previous record attendance game for women's football all the way back when she was a kid in California. And she tells us about her journey through through the ranks and how she balanced her playing career with her professional life as well. It's a pleasure to be joined on the podcast today by a former Paris Saint-Germain player and director of women's football at Next Sports, Ariana Crescione. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And um, nice little shout out to PSG, especially with their incredible comeback and win last night over Bayern. What an exciting night for women's football last night was. Absolutely. The the Champions League is, is shaping up to be very exciting indeed. It's incredible. It's so much fun. I am 
I'm not playing in these and somehow it's more fun watching them than when I was playing thus far. I don't know if it's what DAZN has been doing or just the quality of football on the pitch or what, but bouncing back and forth, or it wasn't necessarily bouncing back and forth. It was one game after the other, but it was just incredible with, with both teams doing records, obviously the Barcelona record with 91,553 people in the stands last night was just incredible. Um, but PSG at Parc de France also got their first ever women's football, um, well, not first record, but a new record with 27,000. I don't know the smaller numbers on that one, but I know it's 27,000. So also not a number to, to laugh at. That's amazing numbers in women's football. Yeah, certainly. And let's hope this is... Um... The continuation of of a trend i'm sure young young, young girls all over europe and, and the world are inspired to get get started playing football um but for yourself ariana when you were uh, a kid back in in california so how did you get get started playing playing soccer as you would have you would have called it yeah so soccer i'll bounce probably back and forth normally i say football but soccer um so i kind of started playing soccer in in a unique way, I would say, while playing soccer is really popular in the States, especially where I'm from in Southern California, with our sunny weather, we get to play year round. Uh, however, I grew up in a, in a quite Italian-American family. And, and at the beginning, my dad didn't really want my sister and I playing sports. He, he always thought he'd have sons. He didn't get those sons and, and thus decided that we should be very girly or um, maybe not necessarily girly because now it's maybe taboo to say it like that. But he didn't necessarily want us playing sports. He wanted us to be cheerleaders and tap and dance and ballet or all the things that little little nice girls are supposed to do. And, and then my mom decided one day to sign my sister up for soccer. My sister started playing. The family got involved. Every weekend we were at the, the pitch. And the next year they got me on. My dad ended up becoming my sister's coach. He got very involved. And the rest was history. We both started playing. And and it's really common, obviously, for Americans to do after-school activities, especially sport. Um, and we have a lot of outlets where you don't necessarily have to be good at sport and you get to play, which I think is something amazing. Uh, in Europe, it's more of an academy, very um, aligned to the professionalism of all, all these sports, which is has its pros and cons. But I just think it's great that so many kids can play in the States and they don't even have to be good. They just get to love the sport. I'm digressing. Apologies. But yeah, that's how I got involved. I wanted to be like my big sister and and I followed her into the game. That's great. That's great. And I, I certainly I, I've experienced the sort of different cultures and there's uh, much more opportunity to, to play at kind of every level in in the States and, you know, get into it at grassroots. I, I mean, I'm, I work at Barca. I'm at Barca. And one of the things that always stands out to me is that Alexia often says that when she grew up, all her idols were were men football players, uh, Carlos Pujol, for example. So I was kind of interested as to to who you looked up to when you were, you know, this young girl playing playing soccer. So as a child, I, I don't know if I was extremely lucky or just born in the right place at the right time. I actually had female role models. Uh, I was at the Rose Bowl right on the the, the goal line almost. Uh, when the United States won the 1999 Women's World Cup, I was in the stadium that day. I was actually on the pitch before the game started. Uh, I I got to be a part of it, a um, little project that my club was in. And so I looked up to those women, all of those women on the team, Brianna Scurry in the goal, Brandy Chastain ripping off her shirt after the penalty kick and sliding. Actually, I was really lucky. And I was recently on a panel with one of my idols, Shannon McMillan, 
Ironically enough, during that game, I caught her shin guard. The, I don't know why they were throwing their stuff into the, into the audience, but I had her shin guard. And that dirty, stinky shin guard was pinned to my wall in my bedroom up until I went to college. And so it was really fun meeting her and then being, not necessarily a colleague, but being on a panel discussing the development of the women's game and being on par with her, whereas she was actually one of my idols and sharing that story, which she got a really big kick out of. Well, that's um, a pretty literal way of gaining, gaining the hero, ca ca capturing the, the shin guard in, in a World Cup final. That's a pretty, pretty unique, unique story. Um, so, Ariana, you, of course, went from those early inspirations into a professional career yourself. Um, but I guess um, you balanced, I guess, into on and off a professional career, but on and off the field. Um, was this something all of you guys were doing in the teams around Europe you were playing for? Or is this something unique to your sort of drive and passion for, for doing bits of both? Uh, I wouldn't, it's it's kind of a loaded question. Uh, at times players were working because out of necessity. They weren't making any money playing football and the teams were not professional. So at times I might've been professional because I was a foreigner. Uh, but the players on my team who were local were not professional and were barely making any money. Sometimes their gas was being covered to get to and from practice or to get to games. Sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes there would be game bonuses if we won. And that's what they were not necessarily living on, but that was subsidizing their salaries. They were going to school, a lot of them. A lot of female players have university degrees and, and higher degrees, or they were working because practice was later at night and that's what they had to be doing. I personally, even when I was on full professional teams, always got bored, not bored of football, but I just don't like being inactive or, or playing video games during the day or my off time. And so I've always chosen to either study, uh, start random entrepreneurial endeavors or continue to work. Uh, again, sometimes I needed the money to be completely honest, clubs didn't always pay us on time, though every club I paid for, I was receiving enough money to physically live. It wasn't necessarily the best way to be living, but I could live off of my, my salaries. Um, and I always knew that I wanted more. Once my career was over, I, I wanted to be able to start something and to, to continue to develop myself and, and the game and not just the game, but I just don't like being stagnant and and I didn't ever want to come to a day where I was just sitting there like, oh goodness, what do I do now? And so I personally had always been developing that. And I just think that there's now more opportunities for more players, not just female players, um, to help them to create something post-career. And I think now the big players, if you really look, they're all doing stuff outside. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo has multiple endeavors that he works on. That man is never stopping, besides the fact he's always in the gym. Um, you have athletes outside of the game, LeBron James, uh, Tom Brady, Serena Williams has clothing lines and different, different projects too. So I think if we really look at it, all of the athletes are doing that at a higher level. It's just not trickling down and showing that, that you're supposed to be doing that. I think sometimes coaches and, and clubs deter you saying that if you're not focusing 1000% on your game, then, then you're not doing it right. And I disagree. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So, moving from the, the professional football, the, as professional as it, it was at that point, football career, to your work now then in next sport, how did that all sort of come about? What was the transition? So I obviously continued studying during my football career. I, I went to university in the States and then during my football career, during my 15 year career, I went back to school and I got a master's in football and my most recent club, I was not only a professional full-time player for Paris Saint-Germain, but I also worked in the sponsoring department, helping hone my skills and, and working on that business side of the game. And so I knew that I was going to retire at the end of last season. Um, it was, it was just in the cards. It was planned. And so I had been talking with Next Sports. They're a great organization, obviously. And we had come to the conclusion that women's football was, was the future and, and that they wanted to open up this division within the company and that they fully believed in it too. And they knew that they could add value with their skill sets and my value as an ex-player and understanding the business of the game. Together, we could really make change in the game. And, and so it started with conversations and then it ended with a contract and me working at Next Sports and us continuing to develop the game for women's football. Sounds sounds really really good and really sort of a certainly a good move from 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 next sports. It's it's going with with, with the trends, um, including the sort of the recent enabling women's football to disrupt the industry report. I guess has been one of your early early big projects. Yeah, I actually have that right here. No, you have it right here. Perfect. I also have it open in in the less in in the in the PDF form. Um, so yeah, for those who who haven't seen it yet, can you give um, a bit of a guide tell us a little bit about it and yeah so uh the way we built our report was it's it's definitely a team effort i i would love to say that it's all me but it's not uh, it was definitely the team of next we all worked together and then we also brought in outside expertise on this so we had a couple round tables we had discussions with top people within the industry from bianca reich of of bayern munich to uh, Pedro Malavia of La Liga and Ibru Coxell and, and many others, some fantastic people. We brought them together and we discussed their sentiments, how they feel, the development, the problems, the pain points. And then we put that into four different aspects that we thought needed most focus. And from there, we elaborated, we used what's currently happening within the game and their insights to develop our report. Um, I don't want to go too much into our report because I would love for more people to go and download it and make sure they read it. And then they can come back and ask you guys or ask me lots of questions and I'd love to answer them. But I, I want to make sure more people are reading it and that we're getting it out there, that people are looking at it so they can look at the fan engagement, sponsoring, digital, all the different aspects that are really changing and developing the game. Okay, great. Yeah. So if you are listening, do go find uh, Next Sports 
uh, find the report, download it, give it a read, and then, as Ariana says, get in touch. And uh, and we have to say, this can be confusing. We do spell next with a three. So it's in <laughs> 3xtsports.com. Um, sometimes people we'll, can't find us. We'll, we'll link the page in the uh, in the podcast notes so, so people can Perfect. find it easy. <laughs> Thank you. So sort of there's this past week's been pretty big actually for in the world of of women's football um the the euros final in wembley selling out in record time uh last night 91,553 fans at the camp no for the quarter final which was also a classico uh, it was almost written in the stars that one really uh, were, you, were you at the camp no ariana were you able to be there i wasn't i was supposed to be there oh no <laughs> So I will well, be at the next one. <laughs> you'll be at the next one. Well, they're going to play the semifinals at the Camp Nou as well, I, I believe, against either Wolfsburg or Arsenal. As, as as recording, we don't know who the opposition will be. Did you get to watch the match, though, on, on Dazone and YouTube? I did. I got to watch pieces of it, and it was so incredible. Also, for me, it's not only is it an amazing day for women's football, but one of my close friends is on the field. And so watching her and getting to text her before the game and 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 I'm not there, but I get to get a little piece of it when I see her and, and her family and what she gets to go through. And I'm so excited for all those women. And even the Real, I mean, I'm excited for Real Madrid, any woman and, and coaching staff and people that got to be on that field and look up and see 91,000 people at a women's football match. That just hit the record. That is, I don't know, it just, it gives me chills. It's so exciting. A lot of people forget that actually the other record was the 99 Women's World Cup. A lot of people actually think it's the 2012 Olympics, um, USA versus Japan, but it's not. Uh, it is the 99 Women's World Cup, to my understanding, unless there's one that was bigger believe... than 90,000 that was at the No, World no, no, I, I think that's right. And that was only sort of 1,500 short of what of the attendance that was at the Camp No last night, I think. I, you I say 1,500 like, short. 1,500 is like a lot of women's uh, normal yeah, club games are happening no, no. 1,500 <laughs> people. So 1,500 short is still no, no. a massive amount of people in women's football. So not, no, uh, it's, just, it's incredible. It's absolutely – and being at Camp Nou and, and one of the cathedrals of football itself, and, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, maybe you can quote me, maybe, I don't know if Camp Nou has sold out this year for the men. So this by be- my reckon, by my reckoning, it was the uh, law. It was definitely the the um, most highly attended football match in Europe this season. I would hazard a guess at saying it was the most highly attended sports event in Europe this season. If, but uh, I, I, I've not done enough. I don't know. I won't go that far because I don't want somebody coming after us but and saying certainly, something. Certainly, but, uh... Certainly the biggest attendance for, for Barca men was the Classico back in October. And I think that was around 86,000, if I remember correctly. So, so no, it's huge. It's, it's absolutely impressive. Huge. And then I don't know if you guys know, I was actually trying to look right before we started. What is the possible, I mean, Wembley said they sold out, but what does that mean? Can Wembley beat this record? What is the no. maximum? It's not, they have a lower, isn't it 70,000 or something? It's not, not 90,000. So it's 90, just, 000. just below. Just, so that little, that little number, yeah. <laughs> that 1500. Yeah, which, as we said, it is not an insignificant number at all, because, yeah, perhaps before this season, even for a big women's Super League or La Liga Femini crowd, 1,500 people would would be a good number. Um, so what sort of tips or, Ariana, or how do you think we can best capitalise on this and ensure that the crowds are closer to the 90,000 than closer to the 1,500 going forward? Is there something particular that can be capital- done to capitalise on the success? 
Absolutely. I think it's the digital engagement that comes into it. You know, Barcelona did a fantastic job and I'm, I'm sure Real Madrid, I don't want to leave them out completely, had, had a little say in this, but Barcelona did a great job of, of getting the word out early that this game was going to be happening. Everybody knew that this game was happening months out. Um, this was not a surprise. And we all knew that there was going to be a record yesterday. We didn't know how high it was going to be, but they'd already been discussing this record and getting excited. And I think that made more people want to be a part of it. And I think people were searching for tickets and I'm sure um, maybe not super famous people, but definitely famous people or anybody in the industry was calling whoever they knew to get tickets into that game. And so I think the digital presence and the digital work that Barcelona had done leading up to the game was really important. And it shows how important it is for women's football that people know. Um, people don't necessarily know that these games are happening. It's, you say Clásico, but most people would assume it's the men's Clásico or, or something else is happening. And so getting that word out there and, and using the players and using their digital platforms is really, really important. And I think that's what they did. I know all the players were, were reposting on their social medias. I think there was a lot of hype being built up about it. And it was sold out months ago. It sold out in January, if I'm not mistaken. So so they did a great job. And I think more teams can can lean on this and work on this digital aspect and and we go over it in our report. I'm not going to lie. So if people want to know, they can just go check it out. Yeah, I think that was another record. It was the, the quickest selling out game uh, in the history books as well. So, so yeah, no, it's um, phenomenal to see. Looking forward a little bit then, uh, the 2022 uh, UEFA Euro Cup, the Women's Euro Cup, is being hosted by England this summer. What are we looking at there? I mean, it's already looking kind of good because the, the final sold out again in sort of record time. But what are the kind of measures for what would make that competition a success in terms of attendance, in terms of media consumption? Um, and what sort of do you think is driving this boom of, of these recent successes that we've seen? I think, one, it's a, a business strategy going into it, of understanding it, advertising, putting it out there, getting people knowing. I mean, obviously, we just talked about Wembley selling out, so people know that it's happening. I think for a lot of previous tournaments, people didn't necessarily know it was happening or they didn't know with enough time in order to get there and be a part of it. I think the competitive balance on the field, the fact that more teams are playing at a higher level, the fact that um, Barcelona is quote unquote, blown out Real Madrid in most games that have been played so far. But the past game uh, at Real Madrid, it was kind of close. Real Madrid went up and, and got you a little nervous. Also last night, Real Madrid went up first. That got everybody a little nervous. Could this really be happening? And then that that 5-2, it, it made it more exciting. There were beautiful goals. Um, if you didn't see a ponytail or necessarily know, those goals look like it could be the men's team and, and I don't necessarily like comparing it to the men's team but I think the quality of football is getting better the more investments that are happening um, and so I think this tournament is going to have really quality football I think that the the tournaments that we saw a month ago such as the the Arnold Clark Cup showed you with England playing Spain playing Canada was in there Germany those were quality football games they were low scoring games because they were both really all the teams were were really good and so I think the quality of the product is also going to make this tournament better I think that's going to get the media investing I guarantee once media sees that there was 91,000 people last night that Wembley's already sold out I think there's going to be more sponsors trickling in which is going to be huge um, I don't have the numbers in front of me I don't necessarily work on the media side to tell you what would show a success in the tournament from the media perspective 
but I think success will also be legacy. How many girls start to play the game once they see this happening? Um, how many sponsors start to pick up and invest in clubs uh, after this and the national teams? Um, the more money we see coming into the game to help develop it will be a bonus for everyone. And then also the development of the quality of the football. I definitely think this might be one of the most exciting tournaments of women's football we've ever seen. Yeah, definitely. One of the big things I was saying last night was that, uh, okay, it was a, a victory for Barca, but it was a victory for for the sport and for the women's game. You know, what a, what a spectacle they put on at the Camp Nou. Um, we had penalties, we had goals from distance, we had goals from, from up close. Uh, Barca coming back from from 2-1 down to, you know, seven goals in total and in front of all those fans. And that, like, I think for me, that was just as important is to show the world. You know, I've been following women's football for, for a couple of seasons now since I, I started here at the club. But to really give, you know, such a big audience, I think DAZN and, and YouTube, the deal that they've put together has been very important in this as well. And and the way that the players from both sides just put on such a, an amazing show to, to prove to the world, you know, this is entertainment. <laughs> I think and well, 100%. And I think even though the score was 5-2, so if you look at it just on paper, it doesn't seem like that exciting of a game. Um, but when you think back to, I believe it was 2018 Budapest when Barcelona lost to Lyon, and that was literally just a blowout. That was not the most exciting football to watch. It did not look like it should be a final. Um, I guarantee most people started changing the channel where people stayed on YouTube yesterday. Even though Barcelona kept scoring, they were more towards the end of the game and they were exciting, really fun football. And the whole time you're like, oh my goodness, could, could Real Madrid score again? Could this come back? Um, which again was even seen in, in the Bayern Bayern PSG, that game was absolutely incredible. Bayern had 12 players missing, if I'm not mistaken. They had a bench of four players, two being goalkeepers, the other two being under 18 years. Like, this is just amazing odds that Bayern was winning 2-1 at the end of regulation. So I just think the football is getting better. Everything about it, the whole structure behind it, there's a better strategy going in, and, and this is really helping the game. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yes, I think if we mentioned that, sorry, these views are on YouTube, it's not linear TV, and you've mentioned obviously digital coverage as well. Um, so how important is it that players and, and the athletes are ambassadors ambassadors themselves on social media? 
It's huge. But uh, we have the numbers and we know that most fans follow players and not necessarily clubs within the women's game. And OTT, uh, again, not to just keep talking about a report, but <laughs> you can do the report and you have Ibru Coxel, which is a big name in football in general. She's actually has more experience on the men's side of the game. She talks about this digital presence and how I don't necessarily think women's football needs to go back to linear. I think the zone has done a huge job in just the last couple of years developing the women's game and showing a different option on how to watch it. And it's not really that big of a weird option because you can watch on your phone and everybody has their uh, has their phone. So, you know, I watched half the game on my phone until I got back to my house and was able to put it on my big iPad. Um, so this actually gives, I think, it it diffuses the game more. More people have the opportunity to watch it in, in different places, in different areas. And again, I, I said earlier, a lot of players were posting the game on their social medias and a lot of the players have huge social media followings. If you bring all the players per team together, that's going to be a bigger following than the club itself and possibly even the Champions League itself. And, and so their following is, it makes, is, is vital to this. Good. Um, so yeah, Ariana, this is part of our theme of the podcast, 21 lessons for the 21st century in, in sport and media. Um, so what would you summarize, if you can, what is your one key, key takeaway either from your, your career, um, playing career or business career or from, from the sports world in general? I guess my key takeaway is, and it's one that I say about my career and, and I want to encourage you, is to be stubborn, stubborn in what you believe in. And uh, people have been extremely stubborn in believing in women's football. Think about it. The last record was in 1999, which is crazy that it happened then. And people have stuck to women's football and said, no, this is a quality product and we can develop it. And through the right strategy and using digital, we can really develop this game and we're going to keep going and we're going to keep going until the world also agrees with us or doesn't even have to agree with us. We can prove it if we, if we give them the space and we give them the opportunity to be visible and give them the visibility, people will come. 91,000 people came. They didn't pay them to go to the game. Most of those were bought tickets. Um, clearly there's an appetite for women's football. And so just be stubborn in what you believe in and keep going in, until you can break the barrier. I like that as a lesson. That's a, uh... No, no, really, really nice takeaway. Ariana, um, I feel like we could keep talking for hours, um, but we must bring it to a close. So thank you very much for joining us and sharing these insights uh, with everyone. We'll remind people again, go find the the next sports report. Do you want to give it a quick, um, where can we find you? Where can we find your work? And And we'll make sure we link it all as well in the description um, yes of course we're on social media or from a from a business perspective follow us next sports at linkedin uh you can follow me on linkedin personally i i share women's football tips weekly tuesdays we have a, a poll uh thursdays we have insights about that poll um i'm on social media i'm on mostly i'm on instagram at ac footballer i never went back to my my actual name but people are more than welcome to follow me there ask me any questions about women's football and just keep keep working on the game whether you follow us or love for you to read the port report but you don't have to but just keep trying to develop the game from all levels and and understand that we can do it differently women's football doesn't have to follow the same blueprint as men's football uh, which we've proven through a digital and the ott platforms and and just keep pushing forward let's keep propelling the women's game forward great well thanks again for your, your time mariana and thanks everyone for for listening Thank you so much. Have a great day and well, excited for the next games. Definitely. <laughs>
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see uh, how the Champions League pans out. No, it was really great having Ariana on Jameis. Such a good, good experience to speak with someone with so much experience on the topic. And I'm sure we're all really looking forward to those semifinals. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to see the Camp Nou packed out again on the 22nd of April, where when Barca play uh, Wolfsburg. Um, yeah, many thanks to Ariana for coming on. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed the episode, do the like, subscribe, share, and go back and find episode two, Stuart, which was the original one we did. We spoke to uh, Amy Van Arend, who was a women's football commentator. She's also a producer for UEFA now. So uh, she she was at the Camp Nou as well. <laughs> so maybe we should try and follow up with her too. Yeah, no, it's certainly really been good to see from that original chat with the deal been signed and how it all tra- translated from increased attention online, but also physically in the stands as well. And, and you're right, I'll be watching Jealous free on DAZN and YouTube. That, that's that those semifinals between Wolfsburg and Barcelona. Well, thanks again for listening. Thanks again to Ariadna for coming on. Uh, do the whole like, subscribe, share thing. Uh, find us on Twitter and go and find Next Sports and Ariadna on LinkedIn and make sure you read that report because... Uh, it really is fascinating to see just how how this kind of boom of women's uh, football has taken off. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.